0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Peckle Park, a new beginning, let's go. Started back rocking the brown, ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you wanna go to the gang, taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rockin' the brown, ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name, all of the homies holla Padre gang, yeah
1: they. And good day everybody, welcome to episode 188 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am your host Ben Fadden, coming to you after the San Diego Padres just lost three out of four to the Philadelphia Phillies. Bryce Harper got hurt in the series. Nabil Chrismat pitched well to start the series. Then he finally did not pitch well, uh, and he's allowed to do that, by the way. Gave up a three-run bomb today. Luis Garcia was eh today. Uh, You know, not having Manny Machado obviously is a big factor in this series. There's some Manny updates. I was at the player photo day today. I'll give you my thoughts on that. That wasn't the best uh, situation there. Um, I mean, just the initial thoughts. Losing three out of four to Philadelphia obviously is not ideal, especially when the Phillies didn't have arguably the National League MVP or one of the – not the National League MVP. One of the National League MVP candidates, they didn't have him, you know. Uh, the second half of yesterday, and then all of today's game. And the Padres still lost three out of four. Yeah, and Oceanside Boyer says in the comments, how the Padres blew a three-run lead. Yeah. Um, Irie says, teams are only averaging three runs at home this year. I have no faith in the Dodgers series. Well, yeah, the Dodgers series is coming up this weekend. I appreciate everyone that's in the chat here live. Yeah. Uh, This next weekend, the Padres will be in Los Angeles playing the Dodgers. They have an off day uh, tomorrow, then they have an off day, I believe, on Thursday. So two off days in this week. So they'll be well-rested for the Dodgers series. That's the good thing. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely disappointing, especially, you know, Saturday's game where it was disappointing for both teams, right? The Phillies lose Bryce Harper, and then the Padres with Blake Snell. He was pitching really well. And, you know, eight-pitch first inning. And then after he hit Harper, he got the double play. I think that's important to note. Got the double play, got out of it. But then in that fifth inning, he kind of fell apart. There were some hits there that went through the middle or Cronaworth was playing in the shift and he dove and nearly got it. Um, But there were also pitches that he just hung breaking balls, right? And the Phillies ended up capitalizing on that. That's kind of what I saw today. I was at the game today, obviously, and that's a little bit of what I saw today off of Nabil Chrismat. Yeah, Oceanside boy talking about Snell 0-5. Yeah, the Padres have not won a game, I don't believe, this year where Blake Snell has started. Some of that is the Padres' offense, and some of that is Blake Snell, and we can get into that in a little bit. Uh, But, yeah, we're going to talk about this Philly series. Padres lose three out of four. Uh, Some Manny updates a little bit the whole Bryce Harper injury situation, and, of course, your thoughts, preview the Arizona series a little bit, uh, and what you should be worried about and what you shouldn't be worried about with this Padres team right now. Um, we could start with Thursday's game. Again, feel free in the chat, your comments, your questions, feel free to put them in there. Uh, Thursday's game, the Padres lost 6-2, to and Joe Musgrove, he finally hit that bump. If you will, you know, finally, he's human. Finally, he didn't pitch like an amazing starting pitcher that day. Okay, whatever. That's one of the games here on Thursday. You just move on. Adrian Morhone was placed on the 15 day IL due to shoulder soreness before the game. Um, and who was called up? I forget who was called up, uh, to replace him, but yeah. Putting more a hone on the IL sucks because he has been one of the more reliable relievers since he's returned. I know he had that bad outing, I think, in Colorado. But other than that, he had those two shutout innings against the Mets. And then I think his last appearance before he was put on the IL on Thursday, he pitched good as well. Um, So that's definitely a bummer. Uh, Pre-game, I spoke with Peter Seidler, and I was by the dugout, and. I told him, I posted this on social media by the way as well. And I told him, I trust that you'll be able to extend Joe Musgrove. Literally told him that. And he replied back to me and told me you can trust in me, it's just going to take some time. So <laughs> that's literally from the horse's mouth. You're not having to listen to sources who may be real or maybe fake or you no, know, people Random people on Twitter saying sources confirm this. You know, you don't have to listen to and no disrespect to these guys, the Kevin Acey's or the Dennis Lynn's. I literally talked to Peter Seidler. I have a picture with him up on social media to prove it. And he said the Musgrove extension is just going to take time and that we can trust in him that he'll be able to get a Musgrove extension done. So maybe that's your assurance that you want. If you're still going to be panicked about it, okay. Am I panicked about it? No. Am I keeping tabs on it? Of course. I'd rather have him be signed right now before they get on the plane to Arizona, have Musgrove be signed to that extension, than continue talking about it. But I did the best that I could. I literally talked to Peter Seidler, the guy that hands out the check, to see what he thought about it, and that's what he told me. So that was a little bit of news before Joe Musgrove took the mound on Thursday, where he gave up six earned runs. Six innings, seven hits, walked one, struck out one, gave up those two home runs. I think it was Romuto and Schwarber that got him. And there's not a whole lot to take away from the Musgrove start. He just didn't totally have it. And even if Jake Cronenworth was playing in this game, and Jake Cronenworth wasn't playing in the game because he was resting, but let's say he was playing in the game, the Padres still wouldn't have won the game, I don't think. You know, they, they lost... By four runs, I don't think Cronenworth would have made up four runs, um, especially you know when he got, I think, one hit in this series. He wasn't a huge game-changer in this series offensively. He made some good defensive plays today uh, at second base. Still can't hit it to the crone zone, as you can see in my shirt here uh, that my mom made. But it, look, Cronenworth would not have changed the game on Thursday night. So I can't be totally mad. About Thursday night's loss, I'm more mad about Saturday's loss. And, I mean, kind of mad about today's loss. But it's, it's kind of one of those three out of four series, you know, those three out of four games that the Padres lost in this series where it's hard to be, like, pissed off about it, if that makes sense. Like, Bob Melvin literally didn't play Jake Cronenworth on his bobblehead night on Thursday. Manny Machado is hurt. I thought he was going to make a pinch hit appearance sometime this weekend. Watching him, was it Friday? I think on Friday before the game, I was watching him and running on the field, jogging, doing all that stuff, his agility stuff, and I thought he looked fine. And he was hitting in the cage on, I think, Saturday, yesterday. It was like, give this guy a pinch hit appearance. If he can't run out of ball, okay, whatever. I'd rather have him have a pinch hit appearance than, I don't know, a Zokar. Or would you rather have had Manny up at the plate today in a pinch-haired appearance, or would you rather have had Luke Voigt up there, who just feels like he's going to strike out all the time, you know? I'd rather would have had Manny out there. If Manny hits a grounder to second, okay. You don't have to run to first base, you know? And he could have, right? There were people that were making a, a significant deal that he hasn't run the bases yet. It's like, if he hits one in the gap, do we have to worry about him running the bases? He can just jogged a second or you could pinch hit him and he hits one in the gap and a runner scores let's say it's a runner in scoring position opportunity in a situation like that hits one to the gap just stay at first like we don't need him to run like just a pinch hit appearance I'd rather have him up the plate than some other guys right now you know Um, but no he right now the Manny update is he is he's taking BP on the field He's running a little bit. Today, I was at the player photo day, and I watched him walk from the dugout all the way to the bullpen, and Drew Pomerantz was in the pen. I think Clev was throwing in the pen a little bit. Maybe Musgrove a little bit was throwing as well. And Manny was just standing in there uh, just taking pitches, just seeing pitches from Pomerantz, Clev, I think Musgrove as well. That's pretty much the update. I, what, if they can't, retroactive him anymore, I don't believe, to the 10-day IL. So I don't expect them to put him on the IL at all. He got the injury last Sunday, so it would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So Wednesday would be the 10th day that he would be taking up a roster spot. I think he could get in a game before Wednesday to make it worthwhile for the Padres not to put a guy on the roster. Like, Let's say, you know, with Manny, they decided to put him on the 10-day IL a couple days ago, right, before he had tested it out and just said, we'll put you on the 10-day whatever and because we want to get a fresh body up here. Okay, so who are you going to bring up? You're going to bring up Brent Rooker and not use him again? You know, so get what I'm saying? Like, I'm totally fine with the Padres not putting Manny on the IL. Manny knows his body. Even if he doesn't play in these next 10 days, again— I would think that he would pinch hit at some point during the Arizona series, coming up on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, if he if he doesn't, then definitely would play the Dodger series. I would think. Like what I've seen from him, yeah, is he still being a little bit cautious and precautionary with his ankle and moving, jumping back and forth? I saw him uh, when he was coming down the dugout steps today. He was hobbling a little bit but it's not like he needed any help going to down the dugout steps, if that makes sense. So yeah, he's definitely being cautious. You could tell that he still can fuel it a little bit, but in terms of getting a pinch hit at bat, I would definitely think that he would do that on Tuesday or Wednesday. That's the Manny update. Uh, and getting back to this Thursday game and yeah, Musgrove didn't pitch well. Crony wasn't playing. Manny wasn't playing. Voight wasn't playing. Obviously Tatis wasn't in there. Myers isn't in there. Like, this was a bad lineup. It was their worst lineup of the season. So you put all those things together. You can't tell me that you expect to win that game. You know, uh, excuse me, Remuto and Schwarber-Homer. You can't tell me that you expect to win that game. So that's kind of just to flush it down the toilet game on Thursday. Padres lose 6-2, 44-28 was their record. Moving on to Friday's game. Padres won this one 1-0. And wow, uh, this game... It was definitely nerve wracking. I would say that. Like a one nothing game. And of course it was the Nola brothers that took center stage in this game, right? Austin gets the big hit to right field off of Aaron. Look, am I the biggest fan of Eric Cosmer? No, I'm not. But props. He got the double that set up himself to score on the Nola RBI. So props to him. I thought he actually hit pretty well today. Uh not well, not kind of today. He did double today. He was slow as heck around the bases, though, on that double. It's like, dude, the ball's in the gap. Run the bases. Stop looking at it. You know? But whatever. Anyway, back to Hosmer. Props to him for getting the double uh, and driving in that run. Or setting up Nola, who drove in him, uh, to make it one nothing. And Taylor Rogers, you know, giving fans, like, almost heart attacks in the, ni- in the ninth inning there. He's been good all season long, and... He had a 29 pitched ninth inning. Do I have it in here? He got 29 pitches to get three outs. He had bases loaded uh, and got Schwarber to fly out to center. I put my hands on my head right when Schwarber hit that ball. I thought that ball probably was going to get out, but uh, I guess I was just in the glass half-empty mode right there. Like, anything that happens here, the contact, it's going to be bad. But it turned out well. Padres end up winning this game. And Gore, bounce back is what the Padres needed after having two really, really bad outings against the Rockies. And that's exactly what Gore gave the Padres. So really props to him as well as props to Nola and Hosmer. Nola played really well this series, I think, at least offensively. He had that one hiccup today on the pass ball. I think Garcia was pitching. But other than that, offensively, obviously the big hit in this Friday game that I was talking about right here and then he had that double today. Potteries Padres didn't win the game, but he did give the Padres the 3-2 lead, I believe, at that time. So he hit good this series. Uh, but Gore, five innings, no runs on Friday, three hits, four walks, four strikeouts. And I think what was huge and got him over that hump or that challenge in Friday's game is that um, he got Bryce Harper to fly out to left weekly to Profar far uh, with the bases loaded in that third inning and that inning could have definitely spiraled, and it didn't. So, yeah, congratulations to Gore there for uh, bouncing back, and there there was some talk about hey, if Gore didn't pitch well on Friday, there would have been this conversation about, oh, do you res- just shut Gore down for a little bit? Do you send him to the bullpen? What do you do with him? Do you give Martinez more starts? And I totally understand that, but we do have to remember that he is a rookie, and right now, what is he, They're three- or 4 start. Is he either a three-starter or their four-starter in terms of confidence? Musgrove, and then Darvish, and then is it Manaya before Gore? I would put Gore before Mania. Um, But like, even if he struggled on Friday, I didn't think he was going to be six runs struggled. I said on the pregame show when I was at Petco that night before the game, just sitting in the stands before the game, I was like, "I'll take three six innings, three runs out of him, and, and you know that cuts the runs in half that he gave up against Colorado the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, or a week and a half ago, whenever it was." And I, I would have been fine with that, but he shut him out. So, real props to him. And now we don't have to have any conversation about Mackenzie Gore's standing in the rotation. I personally wouldn't have had much of that conversation. I didn't think that Mackenzie Gore was an option to go to the bullpen just because he struggled for three starts. Um, you know, Snell has struggled for many starts this season. He's not going to the bullpen, right? Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on Gore. Anything else to talk about? I mean, Gore, yeah, I saw Kevin Ac write in his Padres newsletter. And I jotted this down, that Gore's velocity has been down in his last three starts. Uh, I think Gore was telling the media that it was because his shoulder was flying open. I haven't looked at the film on that. Maybe I will. Um, Someone in the chat maybe can remind me on Twitter or Instagram if they want me to look at it. Uh, But yeah, he he said that his shoulders flying open fighting his delivery. um, and, And that's why we're seeing some of his struggles and he's working on that with Ruben Niebla and hopefully You know, he can get that turned around. But that's pretty much what I have taken from Gore and his struggles. And what Gore was doing, I think Niebla made a mound visit in this game. I forget when it was, but he made a mound visit. And then Gore, maybe was it before the Harper flyout in that third inning with bases loaded? And he was just telling Gore, like kind of telling him to, I think it was don't throw the breaking ball outside or to your non-glove side. Throw the breaking ball to your glove side. So he's a lefty. So throw that breaking ball, let's say, to a righty. Throw it down and in. I think that's what Niebla was telling him during a mound visit. And that essentially, from what Gore, I think, was saying to the media that, or after Friday's game, he was saying that him throwing the breaking ball glove side would like force him to keep that shoulder closed instead of throwing open, if that makes sense. I know we're not all pitching coaches, but I'm just telling you what I saw from Gore. If that makes sense to you, it makes sense. If it doesn't, I'm sorry, it doesn't. Uh, But that's pretty much what we're seeing out of Gore right now. And it was great, really, really great to see him bounce back on uh, Friday night. Uh, By the way, it was great. I went to the the Padres uh, Twitter meetup during the four. I don't know why the meetup is in the middle of the fourth inning. I don't get why it can't be before the game because I like to watch the game. I don't know about you guys. I like watching the game, but it, it was cool to catch up with some people there. Uh, some people who I haven't met. Uh, so that was cool. Um, just checking through the comments here. So asks, how long is Grisham out? He's not out anymore. He subbed in for I think a Zok was it a Zokar? No, Mazzara. He subbed in for Mazzara earlier today. I noticed that in like the eighth inning. Voight pinched hit for Mazzara, and then uh Grisham replaced Voigt technically in the lineup and he went and played center. So he's not out. He just didn't have an at-bat. They elected to have Voit hit for Mazzara instead of Grisham. So Grisham is not out. He was scratched. Uh, going into Saturday's game, which we can get right into, so that's a good transition right there, will actually. Um, Grisham was out. He was scratched from the lineup with right shoulder soreness. Bob Melvin said after the game yesterday on Saturday that Grisham had felt the shoulder soreness while he was swinging off the tee. When you're swinging off the tee and you're feeling shoulder soreness, that's not great. Um, so I don't know if he's going to swing and be in the lineup tomorrow, but he's back in the field, so doesn't seem like it's a major issue. John says the bullpen is a problem area. Eh, maybe some parts of it, but look at the stats. Chris Matt struggled today. This guy's like almost all-star caliber numbers. It's his first runs that he's given up all month long in June. We're June 26th right now. So I wouldn't be worried about him. Luis Garcia... People seem to overreact about him. He pitched tremendously on Friday. Taylor Rogers, yeah, he had 29 pitches the other night. Not worried about him. Um, Robert Suarez, I have no idea what's going on with Robert Suarez. I think I saw him throwing flat ground today uh, when I was on the field. But I have no idea what's with him, what was Pomerantz. But with guys in the bullpen, you go down the list, there's some guys that you're worried about, but. I'm not worried about a ton of guys. If I'm being honest, like the bullpen's actually been pretty solid. I'm not worried about Chris Matt. I'm not worried about Martinez. He's technically in the bullpen, Ray Kerr, whatever. So, you know, Stammen and Ray Kerr, I guess those two, you could say, are you worried about them? Maybe. Um, but Curry's just filling in. Cause Steven Wilson was put on the IL before today's game and Taylor Rogers, not worried about him. Garcia, not worried about him. Tim Hill, it's kind of hard to be worried about him when he's just like a matchup guy, really. And then Chris Matt Ives, they already said I'm not worried about Martinez. I already said I'm not worried about. That's their bullpen right now: Rogers, Garcia, Hill, Chris Matt, Stammen, Martinez, and Kerr. So I'm not as worried about the bullpen as maybe some others are. John says the Padres need to reload. Why? Why do they need to reload? They are 45 and 30, 15 games over 500 playing without Manny, playing without Fernando. Cronenworth got like one hit this series. Don't understand that point, but we'll move on. So Saturday's game, uh, Padres lost this one 4-2. This one was frustrating for both teams, as I said in my post-game recap that I put up on the YouTube channel and on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that, at Talking Friars, because the Padres... You had Grisham scratched. I know he's good now, but you had him scratched. You had Snell pitch good and then pitch bad in that fifth inning. And then the Phillies side of things, it felt like they lost last night, probably for their fans, even though they won. Like I don't think Phillies fans really cared that they won yet, or yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, because Bryce Harper got hurt, and that's what really we can address. I mean, top of the fourth, Blake Snell. He had been cruising, eight-pitch first inning. He had like 31 pitches, I think, through three innings. I saw that somewhere on Twitter. And then he hit Bryce Harper in the hand. I think there was one out at the time. Hit Harper in the hand. And remember, Harper in his career, he'd already been hit in the face. I was hit in the face in Little League kind of with the same injury that he was. And he was saying after the game, like, dang, I kind of wish that I would have been hit in the face there, not in the hand, because the the face, if I was hit in the face, the bones, nothing would have broke there. But I was hitting the in the bones in my hand and now i it's fractured. I have a fractured thumb. Uh, so that's pretty much what he was saying after the game. But yeah, I was I posted the video on Twitter at Talking Friars where whenever I'm not at a game, I'm posting highlights and I uh I think the video has like a hundred thousand plus views on it. And some some fans were mad about the Blake Snell hit by pitch, saying that he meant it, which he obviously didn't. If you just watched the freaking video, he did not mean it. And uh, Blake Snell, I mean, well, both guys, if we're being honest. Both guys, Snell and Harper, they felt bad. Like, Snell, he felt bad immediately after he hit Harper, and Harper went crumbling to the ground, because he knew he didn't want to do that. And why would he want to do that? You're trying to redeem yourself. You're trying to guide your team to a win. You're trying to strike out Bryce Harper, one of the best hitters in baseball. Why would you try to hit him? And if you try to hit, if someone tries to hit another batter, they don't do it in the head, the head area, you know, up area by the wrist. It would have been at his head if he didn't move, but I know it's human natural reaction. Um, you try to hit, hit him in the butt, hit him in the lower body, the legs. So, yeah, obviously the ball slipped. And I saw that also on Twitter a little bit, that some were like, yeah, definitely it's the ball. And, yeah, Patrick Daly on Twitter, I think he, he has seats down in the Lexus Club, so really close to the field. And he's, I think I saw on Twitter that he's heard that some pitchers, like they just throw out, keep throwing out the ball until they get like a ball that they like that's not slippery or anything. So maybe that's what that was. I have no idea. Or it just slipped, maybe because Blake Snell is human. So any Phillies fans that say that Snell did it on purpose or anything, you're just stupid. I totally understand Phillies fans being mad. I understood Bryce Harper being pissed off at Blake Snell initially and cussing him out, you know, saying effing throw the ball over the plate. I totally understand that because he was mad. I'd have been mad too if I knew that my season might be over because I just got hit by a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. You know, I'd be pissed off as well. But then he apologized before he left the field. He was like, my bad. My, I know you didn't mean it. I'm just pissed off, you know. Not pissed off at you. I'm just pissed off, genuinely. I, I understand that. So both sides weren't at fault. You know, Snell didn't mean it. Harper didn't mean the cuss words and the words that he initially barked back at Snell in the video I posted. So, all things are good there. I know Phillies fans, they're still going to be pissed off probably at Blake Snell. And I understand why they are. But look, he didn't mean it. And when Bryce exited, it probably gave the Phillies, you know, this motivation to go win it for Bryce. And it, that's what kind of makes yesterday's loss the most frustrating loss out of any of them this series, if that makes sense, because they didn't have Bryce Harper for the second half of the game. And even when Bryce, Bryce Harper, excuse me, not Bryce, Bryce, when Bryce got hit, Blake Snell was still pitching well, you know? Um, did he, had he allowed any runs to that point? I don't think he had. Um, he went five and two thirds innings and he gave up those four runs, I think in that fifth inning, he got the double play by the way, to end the fourth inning. And fans are like, oh, Blake's collapsed after he hit Bryce. It's like, no, he finished the fourth inning off. He came back out for the fifth inning, and then that's where he just sucked. He was leaving, leaving pitches over the plate. It's just what happened. Some were a little bit unlucky, but most of the time it was just leaving breaking balls over the middle of the plate or fastballs up to like Schwarber, guys like that, and they capitalized on it, right? Uh, maybe, was it CJ playing shortstop yesterday? Uh, a pitch to D.D. Gregorius, I remember, fastball, just took it ground ball. Should have been a ground ball to short, but it got through because CJ wasn't playing where the ball went, obviously, but it would have been a grounder. Um, he just got tattooed pretty much in that fifth inning. So I have no idea why. I mean, other than just leaving pitches over the middle of the plate, but I, I kind of, I, I'm kind of with Bo Mel, Bob Melvin on this. Bob Melvin said post game that this is pretty much like the best that we've seen Blake Snell this year. And I would agree with him. Like, I know you can't take out the fifth inning, but if you did, he pitched amazing. I thought, you know, when you have an eight pitch first inning, it's like, all right, let's go. This is, this is great. And he just didn't finish. He was better than he was at the beginning of that last Colorado start. I know he, s- Kind of also collapsed at the end of that Colorado start, kind of the same as this Philly start. But I think he was better throughout this Philly start than he was any time in Colorado. Uh, what was that last weekend, last Sunday when Manny got hurt? Um, but I- I'm gonna take the positive from it. it. It's yeah, losing on Saturday was definitely frustrating because of how great Snell pitched the first you know four innings, and then. He wasn't great in that fifth inning. But when you're looking at this from a larger, or a what do they call it, like a, a grander scale point of view or whatever, you're looking at it not just close up, from, but from way up there, and you look at the whole picture, there you go, look at the whole picture, and you're like, Blake Snell, this is the best that he looked pretty much this entire year. So let's take that, let's build on that, Blake, and hopefully he just doesn't have that collapse of an inning like he did against Philadelphia yesterday. Uh, When I went to the Padres photo day, I did want to mention this. I took a picture and posted it on Twitter, uh, at Talking Friars, of Blake Snow running the ramps at Petco Park. Before we were allowed to come in, I saw him running the ramps. And does that say anything about him? I don't think so. This is probably just, maybe this is what he usually does or it was just hot out, didn't feel like running the warning track. Um, and he just ran the ramps. And for me, it just, I guess, clarified that the guy cares and he should care. He's a professional baseball player, obviously. He cares. He's trying, obviously. And you just hope that him and Ruby Niebla They can figure it out some way, right? They can just figure it out. Excuse me, sorry. They can just figure it out, the command, the pitching consistently like he did in that first inning or like the second or third inning yesterday. Can he do that the whole way through, right? That's the biggest question for Blake. Um, And then the offense in Saturday's game when they lost 4-2, to I mean – the bullpen was great at the end. They didn't give up any runs because Snell gave up those four runs. Phillies won 4-2. to two. And, you know, Philadelphia, the pitching, retired 13 Padres batters in a row to end the game. Like, the Padres' offense just didn't show up really much on Saturday. They didn't show up on Friday. They still got the win. Austin beat Aaron. But the offense... Combined three runs in those middle two games of that series. And then you score five runs today on Sunday, and you feel like, okay, five runs is good. And then Chris Matt finally has a bad outing on Sunday. And that's what we can get to now. Um, Padres lost today 8-5. to Phillies take three out of four, obviously, like I said earlier in the episode. Padres are now 45-30. and And you would have took those five runs last night instead of today, you know? You knew you were going to give up eight runs today, okay. Can we just just get shut out and score the five runs yesterday, so we could have split the series instead of lose three out of four? But that's baseball; you can't transfer runs, obviously, in games. Uh, but Darvish in this game, I thought he was fine. You know, the story for me was Chris Matt just finally did not pitch well. He hadn't allowed a run at all in the month of June. I tweeted it out, I think, before the Philly series this weekend started. Hadn't allowed a run or maybe it was during the Philly series had not allowed a run in the whole month of June and he finally gave up a run gave up three runs today on that three-run home run by Schwarber to left field and it's like okay yeah it sucks the Padres lost but Darvish was fine 6 innings 3 runs a quality start i think it was a season high 9 strikeouts for him um you know and Chris Matt okay if you if you have one bad outing in a one bad outing a month like Chris Matt's on pace for right now for the month of June, I'll sign up for that every day, any day, you know? And that's just what happened. Uh, you know, Luis Garcia had that pass ball, I think. Well, Nola had the pass ball. That scored an extra Philadelphia run. And you can't be mad at the offense. They scored five runs today. Austin Nola came through big with a double. Hori uh, Alf- or not Alfaro, um, excuse me. Who is that? Abrams. Abrams came through with a gapper uh, to right field. I mean, some guys that you weren't expecting to come through, they came through today. Cronoworth yeah, he struggled in this series. I think he got one hit in this series. So I was wrong on my Padre pick on the pregame show again today, but I, I, I'm going to keep having faith in Crony. The guy was has been lights out at the plate. I mean, not in a bad way, like really good way. He's second in RBIs, I think, in out of all of Major League Baseball in the month of June, even with this bad Philadelphia series, and you could tell he, he was frustrated. He was pissed off. He let out a big f bomb after striking out last night. I saw him ground out. I think in his last at bat today, and I was watching him uh, after he hit the bag, and you know he was pissed off. Then he, you could see he was visibly pissed off after grounding out there, and so he wants it. Snell wants it. All of these guys want it. I mean. Hosmer I feel like he wants it but he's like the guy on the he's like the one guy on the team where you can make the case it's like does this guy really does he really want it you know like yeah I said earlier in the episode like he had a, had a pretty good offensive series he doubled again today he's still slow as heck but when he didn't get on base in this series it felt like every time it was a ground out to first or a ground out to second. And I can't get too mad at him about today's game. You know, he did drive in a run, he doubled, but that one run that he drove in, it was a weak ground ball to first base. And that run wouldn't have scored unless the guy in front of him, I figured, was it Alfaro? That he uh, grounded out to advance the runner to third, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's just frustrating watching Hosmer. And... Someone posted on Twitter today. It was funny. Uh, the ball girl. I I didn't pick up on this because I was at the game, but a ball girl made an amazing pick. Lunged right towards the ball like you were supposed to, like a first base, a regular, normal, non-Hosmer first baseman would lunge towards the ball. Made the pick, and uh, people were clowning Hosmer on Twitter. Like the ball girl can make a good pick at first. Why can't you? Um. But, yeah, Hosmer, he, he just, yeah, he was fine in this Philly series, but he's, it's just a pain to watch him, really. It's just a pain to watch him. Um, where to go from here? I mean, Arizona, this next series coming up for the Padres, Arizona's, uh, what are they, 33-41. and 41. Padres, I believe, just swept them last week. I would expect Manny to play. Uh, Manaya, I think, is pitching on Tuesday. And it's big that the Padres get a rest day tomorrow. They get a rest day on Thursday, I believe. I think they played 31 games in 31 days or something in this last month stretch. So they have definitely been taxed. The bullpen can use it. The rotation can obviously can use it. The Padres lineup can use it because not only does the lineup get rest, Voight has been nursing that hamstring injury a little bit. But you give Manny an extra day of not being not having to make a decision if he wants to play or not. Cause I think, yeah, the the training staff will help make the decision. But I think Manny at the end of the day, he knows his body next. Or next. What the heck? He knows his body best. So he's gonna tell the trainers if he thinks he can have a pinch hit appearance or not. And I would think that he'll be able to do that either on Wednesday. Or on Tuesday in this Arizona series, I I'll, I'll say I'll go far this far to say I expect him to have a pinch hit appearance on Tuesday or Wednesday, just based off on how I've seen him at Petco this past weekend. I liked what I saw, and um, going into this Philly series, I, I said I'm not expecting Manny to play or having a pinch hit appearance or anything like that. And at that, but don't be surprised if he. Has an at bat? He didn't have one. I definitely would not be surprised if he had an at bat this series, this coming series on Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't have sources. I'm not trying to have these sources that no one believes, right? I'm just t- looking my gut, watching how Manny has been doing, uh, what he's been doing before the game and stuff. I, I think he could get in there for an at bat. Um. But yeah, that's the Arizona, not a whole lot to preview in the Arizona series. Obviously, the Dodgers series, those next three next weekend are obviously huge. The Dodgers are playing in Sunday Night Baseball right now. Uh, Freddie Freeman making his return to the Braves. They're down one nothing in the 6. But for those listening on replay, the podcast audience, the YouTube audience, obviously that doesn't matter to you. Um, what does matter is the standings. And let me pull that up. Because, yeah, the Diamondbacks series, it's kind of weird that the Diamondbacks are only two games. You don't really see that a whole lot, especially a, a divisional opponent. Maybe you see that in an interleague series. You know, the Twins come to town. They play two games, something like that. But the Diamondbacks, only two games here. And right now, as it stands, obviously the Dodgers are in progress. Dodgers are 44-26. and 26. The Potters are 45-30. and 30. The Potters are a game and a half back of the Dodgers. So if the Dodgers lose... Then the Padres will be a game back. If the Dodgers win, they come back against the Braves. The Padres will be two games back. Uh, they are four games up right now on a wild card spot. So they're in a good spot there. And San Francisco's a half game back of a wild card spot right now. They're in third place in the National League West, 39 and 33. They got smacked against the Reds today. That was fun to see. Gill says the Padres can take three out of four from the Dodgers. Interesting. We don't know the pitching matchups, but I believe Musgrove is slated to throw then, right? Um, Who would it be? The Arizona series, Mania? Let me check that. Mania on Tuesday after the rest day tomorrow. And who would be on Wednesday? Come on, Wi-Fi, load. Wednesday's Clev, yeah, so, okay, so, Clev, if Clev, oh, wow, it's good, Jeez, we got to face Mad Bum again, I mean, they they play well off Mad Bum, don't get me wrong, they blew out the Diamondbacks that last day game at Petco the other day when Mad Bum pitched, I'm just tired of seeing that guy, he's so freaking annoying, uh, but Clev's on the mound on Wednesday, so that means Thursday, who would that be, would that be Gore? Who pitched no no no, it'd be Musgrove, right? Musgrove would pitch on Friday against the Dodgers. Would it be Musgrove, Gore? And then Snell would pitch Sunday? That'll be interesting. I saw in the chat someone said three out of four. Isn't it wouldn't it be two out of three? I don't think they play the Dodgers for four games. I could be wrong. I don't think they play four games against the Dodgers this time around. Last time they played the Dodgers, I think, was in April, right? Oh, no, they do. Okay, my bad. I don't know why I kept thinking that, that the Padres had an off day on Thursday. They don't. So, scratch that. Sorry, I was being dumb there. I didn't look at the schedule. For some reason, maybe, I, I don't know why I thought that. But, no, they have an off day. Okay, they have an off day tomorrow on Monday. Diamondbacks, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then they play the Dodgers Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, It would be Musgrove Thursday, Gore on Friday, right? Snell on Saturday, and then Dart. So it would be the same pitching matchups, right? Or am I forgetting one other? Am I forgetting Martinez is in the bullpen, so I don't think I'm forgetting anyone. So yeah, it would be the same. I think it would be the exact same uh, starting rotation or starting matchups that they had this weekend. All right. Yeah, so Gil, you're right. My bad. Three out of four, yeah, I would definitely take that, obviously, against the Dodgers, who are the team to beat in the National League West, obviously, right now. They're ahead of the Padres. But we can talk about that more uh, later in the week because still got the Diamondbacks series to look at Tuesday and Wednesday. Zach Gallant. Is it Zach Gallant? I think it's Gallant on Tuesday for the Diamondbacks and then Mad Bum on Wednesday obviously, like I mentioned, against the Padres and Mike Clevenger. Um, anything else here in the chat? By the way, this is episode 188, if you're just tuning in, of the Talking ferries podcast and YouTube show, talking about the Padres losing 3 out of 4 to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, ep- this episode is brought to you by Gaglion Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. You can visit gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu, uh, their locations, their addresses, the phone numbers, all that. They're located in Mission Gorge in Point Loma and inside Petco Park, every home game down the third baseline is their main location across from the Valley sports pregame and postgame broadcast booth. Great sponsors. I, a couple of weeks ago, I gave away uh, those free sandwich cards. So if you got one of those, hope you enjoyed that. And I also gave away one of the Manny bobbleheads. I think her name's Tanya. I gave that away to her uh, along with one of the Musgrove shirts. Is uh, that this week? These days are just mixing together. It might have been this this it was either this week or last week that I, maybe it, yeah I think it was this month this past Monday that I gave that away. Uh, gave away a couple tickets uh, on what was that Friday, Friday night to a couple Padre fans. So stay tuned for giveaways uh, at Talking Furs on Twitter is usually where I do those giveaways. Turn on the post notifications so you don't miss when any tweets go out. When I go live, I send out a tweet whenever I go live with the link. Uh, if you don't have the post notifications on or the notification bell pushed on this YouTube channel, Talking Friars, again, I hope you subscribe to the YouTube channel. I don't like plugging that too much uh, because if you think that this is great Padres content, which I hope it is for you, daily Pottery's content, you will know to hit the subscribe button. So I don't feel like I should just keep repeating that like some channels do, um, but I, I would appreciate that. The channel is growing, and I appreciate everyone's support. Uh, It means a lot getting closer to a 1,000 subscribers. Um, And once that happens, then the listeners, the viewers, they can start uh, implementing some super chats uh, like John and Jim do on the wrap-up show. And uh, I know that some fans, some partner fans have wanted to do that. Um, So, again, I don't do this for the money. I do pregame shows before. Every Padres Potter, game, most games, I don't get paid for that. I do post game reactions after most Padres games. Don't get paid for that. I don't do it for the money. I do it because I like talking Padres baseball with you guys. And so I, I really appreciate the support. Anything else to talk about? Um, I did want to kind of finish on the Padres photo day thing that happened today at Petco. I don't know if there's, let me know in the chat if there's any season ticket holders in here right now live. Uh, But I went to the photo day. My mom and my brother didn't want to stay in the line, and I don't really blame them. Uh, The players came out a little after 11 o'clock, and I was kind of judging what was going to happen going into today with what happened in the first photo day, which was a couple weeks ago. Tatis was out there. um, Musgrove, Crony, Voight, Grisham, a lot more people, it seemed like, were out there in the first photo day than the second. And I was there an hour before the gates opened, which was ten o'clock for the the photos on the field with the players, which was exclusive to season ticket holders. So I was there for an hour. I was before the gates opened, second in line. And you would think when you get down to the warning track, down the steps uh, in right center, down the warning tra- or down the steps, go onto the warning track. And there's a lady there, and I'm like, which way do I go? Can I go this way, to the left, to, uh, down the Padres' side, down by their dugout? Because I figured the Padres are going to go by the Padres' dugout. And there's the warning track. All the fans went all the way around the warning track, and it was jammed. So wherever they directed me, that's where I was going to have to stay, pretty much. And so I was the first one there. There was no one on the warning track, essentially. And they said I had to go by the Philly side all the way down to the end by the Philly side, which makes no sense. Like I essentially stood there for two hours before the players even started coming out. And I have to stand there by the, all the way at the end at the Philly side and pretty much wait for any players, the Padres send over to our side because There wasn't really anyone that came all the way around from the Padres side, all the way around the warning track, all the way around to the Phillies side. There wasn't, Um, you know, props, I guess, to, you know, Pierce Johnson and Craig Stammon and Mark Loretta and uh, Mackenzie Gore, Taylor, uh, yeah, Taylor Rogers. That was pretty much it. You know, all the big guys, you know, uh, I'm wearing my Crohn's own T-shirt. I wanted him. I wanted Musgrove, right? Those are the two big guys I wanted. And I, I stood in that line so that I could be first and I could get a pick because I, I thought on the email that they sent to the season ticket holders that we were going to be able to pick where we wanted to stand. That wasn't the case. Um and so that was disappointing. And I know that some fans don't have season tickets and they're probably like, why are you whining? You know, uh, we would have loved to be there. And and that's why I said on Twitter when I, I pretty much said this on Twitter earlier today, it's like, I don't want to complain too much because I know that there are a lot of people that are less fortunate and less blessed than I am to have a family with season tickets and be able to do all this stuff. But, you know, I think if people were in my shoes and stood there for two hours before the players came out, you would have wanted to be able to go by the Padres dugout, you know, not even by the dugout, just on the Padres side down the thir- the first baseline, instead of having to go way down by the Phillies, you know, while people that got there at like 1130 or something like that got to go down to- by the Padres side. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but, Maybe I'm just talking to a wall because maybe some of you guys aren't season ticket holders, but I I did want to talk about that in case anyone else were season ticket holders and maybe faced a similar experience. So hopefully the Padres clean that up for next year or whenever they have another one. And it just didn't feel like a real, like, exclusive event because there were thousands of people there. Like, maybe they should divide the events up into tiers or have more days or have, like, players taking pictures or signing autographs uh, in like a smaller setting and having just more of those. You know, the players get paid $30 million a year, like the Mannies of the world and Musgrove hopefully soon will be. Like, I think that they can take a half an hour to do that for a small group of uh, Padre fans every couple weeks during the season. Like, they can spread it out if they want to. Having thousands of people on the warning track and players just walking by that just doesn't seem really that exclusive to me um maybe i'm wrong but again maybe i'm just talking to a wall because maybe some people probably a lot of people don't have season tickets um but i wanted to talk about that um all right let's get to if there's any more chat stuff any comments or questions here in the chat and then i'll get out of here John says, hate to say it, but the tension between Snell and Harper is great for the sport, two of baseball's most famous clash. Good storyline potential anyway. There's no storyline there, John, though, you know? Like, there just isn't, you know? I don't know why, but, like, my thoughts directly go to San Diego Union-Tribune writer Nick Canepa. I don't know if any of you guys saw that dumb article that he put out yesterday where he said that the Padres or San Diego's curse or whatever – like knocked Fernando off of his motorcycle this off season and it grabbed Manny's ankle when he got hurt. Like it's just a stupid article, but just trying to make stuff up, state can I even talk? Trying to make stuff up just to get attention on him or something. It was a stupid, stupid article. Really stupid. That's I'll just keep saying it. It was a stupid article. That's pretty much all I can say about it. Go look at it on Twitter or whatever. I think I posted a screenshot of it. Um With some quotes the other day, I think it was yesterday, just and john i 'm not hating on you i'm just saying anyone that says two of baseball's most famous clash good storyline potential like there's no storyline there, like if you watch the game, you watch the video, like you have the full context of it. Harper and Snell they apologize to each other. Harper was very complimentary of Snell after. The game yesterday, from quotes that I saw from Philly's reporters, and yeah, Harper was pissed off at Snell because he got hit by a 97 mile an hour fastball. I'd be pissed off as well, but then he realized, hey, Snell wasn't trying to do it. He probably saw the video when he was getting an X-ray or something before he got an X-ray or whatever, and saw that immediately, right when Snell hit Harper, he was mad. At himself he was pissed off at himself and he kept saying my bad my bad my bad you know he didn't mean that so there's no there's no clash there's no storyline here there's no the phillies didn't retaliate or anything because they knew that snell wasn't trying to do it hoskins yeah i heard that he was cussing some people out and he was getting a little pissed off and reactionary but i think he probably cooled down too he was reactionary because he knows that that's the, the Phillies' best player. That would be like if Fernando, if he was healthy, having an MVP caliber season, and he already has a torn UCL and he's already hurt, but he's still in there DHing every day. And now he gets hit in, the, in fractures his hand, and now he might be out for the season. I'd be pissed off, too. I'd be really pissed off. And that's just all the Phillies fans and Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper, like immediately right after he got hit. That's what it was. They were just pissed off. Not at Snell necessarily, but just pissed off in general because they know that the Phillies probably aren't going to make the postseason if Harper's out for the rest of the year because of how great he's been. And I don't, I don't think Phillies fans can rely on their bullpen and their pitching staff like the Padres can this season. They definitely don't have that. They don't have that benefit like we do, you know. Gills Gills calling Madison Bumgarner, Madison Scumgarner. One of the classier guys in baseball, Yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, when Max Muncy hit a tank off him in San Francisco and he flipped his bat and you know, Mad Bum got mad and Muncy said, "Go get it out of the water." Like, I hate Max Muncy. I also don't like Madison Bumgarner either. But Madison Bumgarner, I mean, dude. Just just let guys celebrate. It's okay. He hit a bomb off, absolute bomb off of you. Let him celebrate. You know, geez. So you get your 2,000 strikeout the other day, and if you wanted to celebrate, Manny's going to get pissed off at you, or Profar can go charge the mound or something. Like, you, got, you can't have it both ways. Uh, he just thinks he's God's gift to the world, and he's not. You know, he was great with the Giants. I understand that but he just, I don't know. He's, he's just annoying, really, really annoying. I don't know if any of you guys have the same thoughts, but he's just annoying. Lakeum asks Benintendi to the Padres on a scale of 1 to 10. John says 7. I'd put it less than that. But where would Benintendi play? He'd play left field? Profar's in left. I'd rather have Profar than Benintendi. I'm not even looking at the stats right now. Here, I'll, I'll pull up the stats. Profar's war right now is 2.4. Out of the leadoff spot, he's playing really, really well. He's really comfortable in the leadoff spot, more importantly. So Benintendi's war is 1.7, so he has a lower war than Profar. Profar has more RBIs. He has a little bit lower on base percentage, not a lot, though. He has a higher slugging percentage, a higher OPS. A higher OPS plus. He has five more home runs. So is the better player. I think Ben and would play left field, right? I don't think he's playing right field, is he? Let me see. Yeah, left field. He hasn't played center at all this year. According to his game logs, he hasn't played right. The only games that he's he's, he's pinch hit for three games, and he's played left field in 66. Would they move Profar to right field? I don't know. Profar, he's been really, really good with his arm in left field. He threw out Castellanos today in left field. Like, don't run on Profar. He's done it a lot this year, you know? So Benintendi of the Padres, I, I'd probably put a less than a five. Would I want him? I, I guess I maybe I'd be open to him, but, like, I, I still want to see what Brent Rooker has. You know, when Will Myers comes back, maybe he can give you something. No, Marmazara. I still like what I've seen out of him. I still think Abrams will get some reps at some point in the outfield. Esther Ruiz can come up at some point late this year. That's what Jim Callis was telling me the other day. So, no, I don't think Benintendi will come to the Padres. John says... I'm talking fiction. Sorry, I was misunderstood. I don't know anything about what actually happened outside of what you told me. Oh, with the Harper-Snell situation. Yeah, no problem. No problem. He also says, I appreciate the content. If it weren't for you and the Raptor show, I'd be out of the loop on the Padres. I don't have cables, so no live games. That sucks. Um, yeah, that, that that sucks. So, at Talking Friars on Twitter, any games that I'm not at, I post highlights. So, you can watch it. You can look at stuff there. I'd recommend that. And yeah, I love John and Jim and how they have just welcomed me with open arms on their show. I was in studio live for the last couple of hours of their show, uh, this past week on Tuesday. And I have some of those highlights on this YouTube channel. If you're interested in checking out that, uh, they've had me on their show on the wrap up show on this, on YouTube. They've, uh, been nice enough to come on my show a couple times i'll have both of them on probably some point this year as well um and maybe i'll be going into their studio a couple more times we'll see but yeah i I really appreciate if they're watching or listening don't know if they are uh but john and jim i definitely appreciate how nice you've been to me and um just the platform i guess that you've given me I, i appreciate that Uh, Gil says Ricker hit his 13th home run yesterday. Yeah, if he did, yeah. He's an option. I'd rather see him than Benintendi, to be honest. I don't know what Benintendi's contract situation is. Let me look that up. But, uh, I mean, Ricker's been called up twice, and he hasn't had an at bat yet. I don't understand why that's the case at all. Like, if you're going to bring him up, bring him up. Give him a chance. He's a free agent at the end of the year, making eight and a half million this year. Like, I'd rather just see Rooker. I don't know. I'm I'm not that big of a fan of Benintendi on the Padres because he played left field. Profar is playing left field right now, and Profar is the leadoff hitter until further notice. You know. So yeah, but Rooker, yeah, it seems like he's playing pretty well out there in Triple A. Ruiz is playing well. Uh, Camposano, I think, is hitting pretty well. Abrams has struggled a little bit, but he had a pretty good game today. So hopefully he can take that into the Arizona series. But yeah, I think that'll do it. We've hit about an hour. This has been episode 188 of the Talking Padres podcast and YouTube show. I am Ben fadner your host. Daily Padres content on the YouTube channel for the podcast audience. I appreciate you for listening. Uh, The Padres lost three out of four, but I'm not worried about this team. They're still 15 games over 500 without Manny, without Tatis. Hopefully Manny. Uh, has a at-bat in this Arizona series coming up, and I think the Padres are in a good position to win that Dodger series at Dodger Stadium. That is four; It's a four-game series at Dodger Stadium, and I think they can take three out of four. Uh, Obviously, injuries are a big factor, and a lot of things can change by the time we get to Thursday, but I'll talk to you maybe on Tuesday or maybe on Thursday. Definitely on the pregame show on Tuesday like I always do. So that's it. Thank you so much, everyone. Go Padres. Have a good night. See ya.